Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 4, Episode 28. Parker, what's on the itinerary? We have a big show today covering a lot of topics. We're going Week 14 recap first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some MLB news to discuss. Some big guy, he, he signed a big deal. Right. Uh, we want to talk about the Draymond Green situation in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And we're going back to GMs today. Yeah, we, we finally got someone to respond to me, not via the socials, but... Through text message directly, he's a big Yankee fan and wants mm-hmm. to know what we would do with Giancarlo Stanton. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to hit the Week 15 picks. Yeah. And then I'm going to give a little fantasy. I haven't done it in a little bit, but it's the first round of the playoffs, so why not? All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're giving you our Week 14 recap. A lot, a lot going on this past week. Yeah, I mean, I just we it, weren't we weren't that good in picks though. Well, no, we weren't. Well, I mean, we started out with a house on fire. Let's go ahead to the Thursday game. The Patriots not only cover but beat the Steelers at home, 21 to 18. Even though it was, uh, you know, a fun game in the first half. Second half, not so much. There's only eight points were scored by the Steelers. Yeah. Bit of a rock fight in the second half. Yeah, Steelers tried to make a comeback, but just wasn't enough. Bailey Zappi throws for three touchdowns and a pick. Ezekiel Elliott runs for 68 yards, and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, has a decent day with uh, four receptions for 90. Hunter Henry scored twice, but he only had three targets. I'll be talking about that in a little bit here. Go on to the Sunday games, Parker. Fire away. All right, the Buccaneers, they defeat the Falcons 29-25. Uh, Ritter had a nice game. He had 347 yards passing, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, White for the the running back for the Bucks. He he was real good. 25 carries, 102 yards. And Drake London. He had 10 receptions, 172 yards. That might be the best game he's put up. It is his best game as a pro, outside of the fact that he didn't find the end zone. But yeah. um, the Buccaneers came back late to win after the Falcons rallied from being down. And uh, Otten hauls in a 11-yard scoring touchdown with 31 seconds left. So the Bucks now own the best record in the South. Crazy to think that that's going to be an absolute terrible, terrible dumpster, dumpster fire of a four-seed uh, for the NFC playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the Lions lose to the Bears in Chicago yeah. at Soldier. Justin Fields was amazing, 223 yeah. yards, a touchdown to DJ Moore on a, on like kind of a broken play. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has the most rushing yards plus a touchdown. He had 11 carries for 66 and a tutty. But DJ Moore rocking it out, doing the right thing, especially yeah. for our fantasy squad. Fantasy. Six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. He's been awesome since Justin Fields came back. And, uh, yeah, they get it done. The Lions not looking like themselves. They only scored in one quarter, and it yeah. was the second. So, definitely a rough game. All right, my Colts, they lost to the Bengals 34-14. They were not really in this game from jump. Uh, Jake Browning for the Bengals, he had 275 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. He was very good. Joe Mixon, 21 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. And my boy Michael Pittman, he was awesome. He had eight receptions, 95 yards, but it did not matter. Uh, Browning shine late 
and uh, I mean they. They just pounded the Colts from jump, and it was uh, it was hard to watch. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, I mean, the Colts did what you know that very much what the Lions did. They scored in one quarter, and it was the second quarter. And uh, Jake Browning, when he has a full week of practice, looks like a legit NFL quarterback. I know. Kind of scary to think. Uh, the Jaguars they fall to the Browns in Cleveland. The mistake by the lake pulls it off. Joe Flacco <laughs> throws for three touchdowns on 311 yards. Did have a pick, but it wasn't enough for the Jaguars to get it done. Evan Ingram, what a game through yeah. the air for Jacksonville. He had 11 catches, 95, and two touchdowns. I didn't put him on start him and sit him, but you might as well start him this week because you're definitely starting Evan Ingram. He's looking like uh, a new favorite target yeah. considering um, – uh, Christian Kirk is out for the Jaguars now. But, uh, yeah, the Browns get it done, uh, win by four, cover the spread, do the right things, absolutely. All right, the Saints, they destroyed the Panthers 28-6. Not surprising. Derek Carr, he overcame his recent struggles, which, I mean, look, you play the Panthers, that's going to happen. But it wasn't a lot, of, a lot of points, yards in this game. Bryce Young, he led the way for quarterbacks, 137 yards passing. Chuba Hubbard on the ground, 23 carries, 87 yards. Um, Adam Thielen had five receptions for 74 yards. So even though the Saints didn't like lead in any of the major categories, I mean, they stomped on the Panthers, which is not a shock because the Panthers are pretty bad. I'm pretty positive there were some defensive scores in there, too. It wasn't like it was, you know, an immaculate right, day. Right. But, um, yeah, they just they got the job done, kicked some extra points. I mean, Groupe, whatever the heck his name is, like <laughs> – I mean, he, he missed his only field goal attempt, but he hit all four of his extra points. So, right, right. I, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but that's that's how it was done. And, yes, the Saints had one uh, fumble return touchdown in the second quarter. So I knew there was a defensive score somewhere because yeah. Carolina's terrible. <laughs> yeah, they are. Jets-Texans is the next game on the docket. The Texans fall as C.J. Stroud goes into concussion protocol, and Zach Wilson looks good in his return to the starting lineup. 301 yards, two touchdowns. The Jets defeat the Texans 30-6. to uh, Singletary had the most rushing yards in the game, 65 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. Garrett Wilson did his job, nine catches for 108. Listen, Zach Wilson, I, I mean. He actually looked pretty good. It was rough at half. I mean, it was nothing, nothing at halftime, and you're like, oh, this is the rock fight of the week. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Zach Wilson found it in the second half, throwing touchdowns to Brees Hall out of the backfield, and Randall Cobb finally making a statement as his yeah. one catch found Paydirt. Wow. Um, but, I mean, yeah, no touchdown scored on the Texans' side as C.J. Stroud only threw from 91 yards on 23 attempts with 10, ca- 10 completions. So it was yeah. not a good day for him. All right, the Ravens, they defeated the Rams 37-31 in overtime. Uh, Ty Wallace, he caught a punt return and, and sent into the house to win the game. Lamar Jackson led the way with 316 yards through the air with three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, what's his first name? Carryon Williams. Carryon Williams? Yeah, I want to say it's Carryon. Uh, he had 25 carries and 114 yards. And Cooper Cup had his best game of the year, eight receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. S- something we're used to seeing from him. Yeah. But the Ravens at the end, they, they came through with a win. Even though I did pick the Rams and I'm watching the game, I go, come on, Rams. I felt really good about this. But uh, the Ravens in overtime, after both teams uh, had a punt, uh, the Ravens actually won won on a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, uh, crazy. Finally, um, uh, Wallace just finds some room on the edge and and takes it to the house. So Mm -hmm. uh, definitely crazy. Uh, The Vikings defeat the Raiders in our Rock Fight of the Week. 
Um, this was the second game that went to halftime as 0-0 for the first yeah. time since like 1945 or something like that. Well, the first three quarters went 0-0. Well, yeah, but I was saying just yeah, I know the, what you mean. The first whatever, and then uh, but th- this game, man. yeah, it was it was awful. And again, I know we say this a lot. This legitimately, you deserve a gold medal. In the Olympics, if you watch this game from start to finish and you were not a fan of either of these teams, it was brutal. Like, I would have turned the game off and gone to, like, Lifetime for Women. Yeah. I would have watched a Hallmark Holiday movie (laughs) over watching this game. Yeah. And let me tell you, I did watch a Hallmark Holiday movie instead of watching this game. Um you know, Lacey Chabert. I'd, yeah. Am I going to watch Lacey Chabert <laughs> in some random movie? Yeah. Or am I going to watch the Vikings Raiders? I chose Lacey Chabert, I, and I, I made the right decision. I will say this game is a favorite to win our, our bracket. It has to. I, I don't see a game getting any more... I, I don't I don't want to spoil it and and let everybody know, but this is one of the favorites. It, there's no way sure. this doesn't win. Yeah. Unless there's a 0-0 tie. <laughs> oh my god. There's Good. no way this game Could you imagine win. there was a 0-0 tie? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, never say never, but my goodness. This game rivals the the Miami Steelers game from like 08 that they played in the hurricane. Oh yeah. And there was yeah. like a punt that literally <laughs> landed and like went just stuck stuck in the in the turf. Yeah. Like if you remember that game this game rivaled it being that bad. Like, the only way this thing doesn't win, and I didn't look at stats mainly because I don't want to even remember that this game happened. Right. Um, I didn't look at the punt stats. In the one Washington Giants game, there was 18 oh, punts yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's the only way this game loses is if there weren't that many punts. And it was just like fumble after just whatever long, long drives leading to nothing nothing yeah <laughs> like that might be I, I haven't looked at the box score i just saw three nothing after i turned this game off at halftime to again <laughs> watch some random yeah. hallmark movie with Lacey chabert yeah and again i made the correct <laughs> decision Lacey chabert it's all you need to know yeah. All right, let's move to the other game. All right, uh, the 49ers, they defeated the Seahawks 28-16. to 16. They, they keep rolling. The 49ers look really good. Brock Purdy at 368 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Christian McCaffrey doing his thing, 16 carries, 145 yards. And the player of the game, Debo Samuel, seven receptions, 149 yards. He had two scores on the day, but he had one in the air, one on the ground. Yeah. Uh, it was just like Purdy threw for a career best, 368 yards. Uh, the Seahawks weren't even in this. This is a very far cry from the Legion of Boom. <laughs> yeah, like a far, far cry from the Legion. It's almost of like Boom. they had to go the like trend in the opposite direction and be right. more offense. Yeah, it's it's which rough. which is today's NFL. Correct, but uh, yeah, I mean Drew Locke ain't gonna get it done for the Seahawks. No. Uh, the Bills <laughs> defeat no. the Chiefs in probably one of the most controversial games of the year. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes throws for 371 yards in a losing effort. James Cook finally gets uh, some run as he had yeah. 10 carries for 58 yards, but he also caught five balls out of the backfield for a touchdown and 83 yards. Uh, listen, the Bills, it was a phenomenal game. Regardless of whether you thought um, the offsides or the false start, or, yeah, it was offsides, offensive offsides on uh, Kadarius Tony should have stood. And, and there's a part of me that somebody made a, a claim. I can't remember who it was, but 
They said if it's an offensive penalty like that, like offensive offsides, they should blow the play dead on the snap so that way we don't know. Yeah. But then by the same token, like what if the defense makes an immaculate play on the offsides? Right. Like, you know, makes a pick. Then, you, like, you take it away. You take away the right. quote-unquote free play for the defense. But, like, there is no free play for the defense, like, ever, really. Yeah. So, why are you, why are you like, creating a situation where this could even happen? Like, if they just blew the play dead and marched five yards, like, Patrick Mahomes is still mad, but he's not as mad. Yeah, he was. I'm, I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes like that on the, on the sideline. Yeah, well, and, and that's the other thing. Like, he said... This is the thing that gets me as an Eagles fan, right? Like in in what happened with the Super Bowl and the end of the Super Bowl. Um, Patrick Mahomes, like, why don't you let the players make the call and the decision on like the decide the game? And I was like, listen, dude, like it was a penalty, but you still had the ball and you still could have won the game. Yeah. But you didn't win the game. But when it happened in the Super Bowl and a flag was called on a on a penalty, like I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty, like right. Brain, James Bradbury held him right. barely, but he held him, and it essentially ended the last two minutes of that game. You weren't crying, let the players, yeah, you know, the make the play, play yeah. right? You were pointing and going, hey, 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 that's a penalty right there, like, yeah. you know, we can end this game, like I, I get, you know, they don't. Don't sit there and, and cry for it in a regular season game when you're the the loser, but it, you know accept it and be super happy about can, it. Can we agree that Kadarius Tony was? Oh, he's a thousand percent offsides. Yeah, and everybody's claimed that like he looked at the ref and the ref gave him a thumbs up. Like he looked at him and pointed at him, and before anything could happen, he turned his head towards the ball. Yeah. But you got to know you're literally even with the ball. Like, you can't right. look down and see, oh, crap. It's at the 32. I and mean, I, I'm standing, my foot's yeah. on the 32 yard yeah. line. I understand why Patrick Mahomes is angry. Because, look, uh, Travis Kelsey made a great play. Yeah. Like, that, that was awesome. It was fun to see. But, look, your, your player, he was offsides. Yeah. So, like, a rule's a rule. And Andy Reid's like they used to give you a warning. Yeah, but it's point of emphasis this year. Yeah. And they've falsely flagged the Eagles twice for Jason Kelsey's hand. So like you're yeah. not yeah you're not going to get any sympathy from my end. Yeah. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. Do I feel bad? Yeah, but that's why I think the flag should like as soon as he's off sides and they snap the ball, they should they just should whistle play dead. Yeah. It should be like a false start. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. how I feel in that regard. Uh, Broncos defeat the Chargers, uh, twenty-four to seven. Broncos are actually looking good. They do look good, and to tell you the truth, if they win this week, and the uh, and the Chiefs lose, they they are currently ahead in the uh, in the <laughs> AFC West, which That's is crazy weird. to think about. Yeah. But Russell Wilson, two hundred twenty-four yards and two touchdowns. Jameson Williams had a touchdown on the ground with sixty-six yards. And Quentin Johnson is your leading receiver. But Justin Herbert is injured and is done for the season yeah. as he injured his finger. That's the big NFL yep. news from this, Broke this his week finger. as well. Um, yeah, Sunday night game. The Cowboys, they defeated your birds 33-13. The Cowboys looked really good. Well, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to throw this out here. I've said it multiple times to the Cowboy fans that I work with and who gave yeah. me some grief. I said, hey, listen, uh, 
Dallas made two mistakes in Philly that cost him the game. Ferguson not running his route deep enough at the goal line on fourth down. Uh-huh. And Dak Prescott stepping out at the two on the two-point conversion. Right. The Eagles made five mistakes, two drops, one in the end zone and one at the 10-yard line, and then three fumbles, all of which in plus territory, two were in the red zone. Yeah. And that's the difference in both games, right? Like, And and you can't figure that the Eagles' offense is going to be that bad and fumble the ball that many times. Yeah, like, I mean, if the Eagles don't fumble that ball, if, if the Eagles don't fumble the ball like they did, yeah, th- this is a totally different game. Yeah. A completely different game. Jalen doesn't fumble in the red zone. That at least ends up in three. And it's not a momentum shift right before half. Uh, you know, Devonta Smith's, you know, the Eagles are finally starting to gain momentum. Coming back uh, right after the fumble six and everything like that. Like, momentum. Cowboys, you deserve the win. Your kicker is special, by the way, hitting a 60 yeah. and a 59 yarder. Um, and look, Dak Prescott looked good. Yeah, he does. Like, like credit Dak. I mean, he had 271 yeah. yards with two touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Dak Prescott fan. And I, I'm not a fan of Mike McCarthy as a head coach, but those two paired up, like him calling plays, like it's different. Yeah, like he's giving Dak more freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, it's working. Like there, there, there's a synergy between those two, and like, uh, look, would I take the Eagles or the Cowboys? Like, if the game was, I would take the Eagles. I like the Eagles better, mm-hmm. even though the Eagles the last two weeks they've looked bad. Like, yeah. let's just be honest. Yeah, that. No, they've they looked bad. They have a but good like, game. Yeah. But like, they're they're not gonna do this, even though the offense has been kind of uh, a wild card all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still believe in that offense to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, kudos to Dallas. But like, let's not act like like they're head and shoulders above the Eagles. The only team in the NFC that I would say, like I I think is probably better is the Niners. Yeah, the Niners are the like clear they're, cut. they're legit. The clear cut number one team in the NFC, and right. then I think it's the Eagles and Cowboys are, are neck and neck. I, I I truly think that. Yeah. And I I said it earlier in the year, like the Eagles are going to lose in Dallas, and Dallas is going to lose in Philly, and that's just how it's been for the last five years. So right. it just makes sense. Uh, let's go to the two Monday games. Uh, the craziness that happened: both underdogs win. <laughs> yeah. Titans score two touchdowns in the last three minutes. Uh, to beat the Dolphins 28-27. to Will Levis throws yeah. for 327 yards. Mostert has two touchdowns on the ground with 96 yards. And uh, D-Hop, man, he's finally yeah. finding some strides uh, with Levis for 124 yards on seven receptions. And then the, the Giants beating the Packers, man. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Giants say one uh, against Green Bay 24-22. Jordan Love, he looked good, 218 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Saquon, he did his thing, 20 carries, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. And Robinson, the receiver for the Giants, he had six receptions for 79 yards. Uh, yeah, the the quarterback for the Giants, Tommy DeVito, he's really getting a lot of pub. Like, they've won three in a row. Mm-hmm. They look different. I mean, the only problem for the Giants is they have Danny Dimes locked up long-term even though I th- I'm sure a lot of Giants fans want him to be the quarterback long-term. Right. Just the way he's playing right now. I mean, let's not get too crazy yet. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, that that was a big win for against Green Bay, who's actually been playing pretty good ball lately. Right. Um, I actually, 
I like what I'm seeing from Jordan Love, which is weird for me to say because before the season, I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in this guy. Mm. But he's actually looking like a very uh, adequate quarterback. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Giants, man, with Tommy DeVito, three wins in a row. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know I mean, know look, they're, they're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win the division. But uh, they look better than five and eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as of right now. But I, I just don't know how I feel about the Giants moving yeah. forward. I mean, oh, they, yeah. He, uh, uh, what's his fact? I can't even think of the coach's name. Uh, D-ball? Dayball? Yeah, Dayball, Day yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just playing to keep his job is really what's oh, going sure, on. Oh, sure, absolutely. He's coaching to keep his job. And Jordan Love had a, a couple of just terrible lackadaisical moments yeah, in this game. he but, did, he did. Hey, what are you going to do? All right, well, that wraps up the week 14 picks. I went 6-8-1. and one. Parker went 5-9-1. Yeah, I'll we, take... we were bad. Yeah, it was, well, <laughs> it, was a weird, it was a weird week. It was a weird week. It was week. a very weird week. There was a lot of, not a lot of, like, conventional wisdom games out there. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm 101-99-8. Parker's 106-94-8. I got to make a, gotta make some comeback here. So, uh, later, when we make the week 15 picks, we'll talk about that. But first... We'll jump to the diamond, jump to the hardwood with the MLB uh, big news, and then we have the Draymond Green situation. Yeah, that's been weird. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, when we return. Welcome back. Jumping into our new segment, we're going to start with NBA and Draymond Green and what the heck is he doing? Yeah. Uh, he was suspended for the third time this season, uh, yeah. three times in 31 days to be exact, just over a calendar month, and he decides to find the sidelines for three times, this last time indefinitely. Yeah. He said he was trying to sell a call, first off, <laughs> flopping is you know, frowned upon in this establishment as well. But then he hits Suns center Yusef Nurkic. Uh, Nurkic, Nurkic, yeah. Nurkic. I always forget it. <laughs> like you sound it with an H, even though there's not an H. Yeah. Uh, but he hits him in the head neck area after spinning and slapping him hard, like leading to a flagrant two, an ejection, only six days after returning from a five-game suspension after putting Ruby, uh, Rudy Gobert in a violent headlock. And that headlock was insane. Yeah. Like, he was trying to legitimately put that man to sleep. It looked like like if, if he was outside and they were just two random people, like, he was trying to kill him. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. And, like, what's the league going to do here? Like, how many games? I know it's indefinitely. The league's just trying to figure out what they're doing. I mean, Draymond has a history. I mean, and very well. I mean, would have won the NBA. You know that. Oh yeah, the finals. The in finals. Sixteen in Cleveland, like. Yeah. And and he didn't get suspended, but he got suspended in Game Four after swiping at LeBron's chin or groin, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't he try to punch him too? Like there was other things in that series too. Yeah, like they got tangled up like mid court and. Uh... When they hit the deck, like, yeah, you just kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's just, and I and I know, like, okay, so I was watching Get Up, and you know, uh, Mike Greenberg and Jeff Saturday are kind of like, okay, hit him hard with like a big game suspension, and uh, why am I Nate Burleson? Mm -hmm. He was saying like, okay, we can't be super emotional because we don't want to give the league so much power moving forward. Like, we don't want them to like use this situation to like like if 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 another player does does that like they're not doing it like 
I'm not saying Draymond's like this, but, but like he has a history. Yeah, he I, has I think a history. I think it's precedent at this point for Draymond that you can hit him with a big one, and people would say, "Oh, well, you're doing it to Draymond because he's literally right." It's again and again I and mean, again I, and again. I think I think you can be specific on this is this is for Draymond. Yeah, this is not like you know precedent for everyone moving forward in the same exact thing that happened like you can you can say you can be specific about it like joe dumars who head, heads like the sp- how long suspensions are as lo- along with adam silver like you can be specific and be like look draymond's been doing this forever and uh <laughs> this is your third suspension in 31 days we're gonna hit you hard well and i think you could sit here and say like for be you just put the wording in for such a habitual offender right we have decided to you know have the suspension be very severe. I want. I wonder how long this indefinitely is going to be. Uh, I would venture to say, venture to say, mm-hmm. that he is going to get a suspension north of fifteen games. Because hmm. I know, like, I know some people like to make the comparison of like Draymond's like Ron Artest when Ron Artest played, and like not uh, even close. I mean, I know Ron Artest was he was hard. And he got a seven-game suspension for a mouse in the palace. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, I mean, it, it's not even just, like, this specific thing, even this was pretty bad. But it's, you're doing it over and over. It's o- habitual. You're doing it over and over and over again. N- not Losing games, like, suspended doesn't matter to you. And don't be like, well, I don't I don't want to sell calls by flopping and going on the ground. I, I use my arms and stuff. It's like, come on, man. No, you're not you're not trying to sell a call there. I saw it live. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's not, not selling a call. That's Yeah. That like legitimately he should be suspended for at least a quarter of a season, which would be 20 games. Like yeah. if if I'm making the call, I'm suspending him for 20 games. And if that doesn't like And then if that like if at this point it, like it, it keeps going, like just you're no longer in the league, fam. Yeah. And I know you're good enough to like, you know, keep Playing in the league is the reason why you have a contract and you haven't been cut. Yeah. But I can't believe you got locked up for a hundred mil well, this past offseason. But the NBA is so much money to pay people. Like that yeah. NBA money is stupid. They've got as much money as every NFL roster, but I'm only paying thirteen guys as compared to fifty three. Like that's the reason why all these guys yeah. get get massive deals. Like mm-hmm. they're not superstars in this game, but they're getting big deals because the NBA has money to spend it and they have to spend it. Right. Like it's in the it's in the bylaws. So like that's the reason why these players like this are getting paid like the way they are. Because if they were on an NFL team or if they like if the money was proportionate to the amount of players that they had to have, then they wouldn't be getting these monster deals. They wouldn't be. Right. But they are because you're you're literally dealing with the same salary cap as the NFL, and when I say the same, like you're within twenty million of it and you're paying forty less guys. Yeah. So that's the reason why you're handing out these contracts. Mm-hmm. And and people are going. People are going to games, so in, until people say I'm enough is enough with the contracts, which they won't, um, you know you're gonna get you're gonna get these guys getting massive deals because they can't. So yeah, Draymond just they need to hit him hard and hit him hard fast. And, and he's hurting the Warriors. Like they're not having a good season. No, they're not. They're ten and thirteen. They're not. They're the eleven seed in the in the West. Like they're like they don't look like the same team. No, they don't. And uh, Draymond's definitely not helping them. Oh, for sure. He's not. Not whatsoever. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the diamonds. We got some big signings. that uh, One was kind of like 
we knew this was the the Jenga piece that as soon as it, you know, as soon as you pulled it, the entire tower comes down. Right. And it's uh, the two way phenom Shohei Otani signs with the Dodgers on a ten year seventy wow. seven hundred million dollar <laughs> yeah deal. not seventy <laughs> no, seventy million per year. Yeah. Uh, but then he sat there and went, you know what? I'm, I'm going to defer my money. Yeah. Uh, he's getting paid two million dollars over the next ten years, and then. Uh, it it's it's actually it's actually sixty eight million over the next, um, over the next ten. He will make sixty eight million a year over the ten years after that. There was originally a report that he was going to make it like it was going to be more of a, um, uh, a what's it deal? A uh, um, oh, the, the Bobby Bonilla oh, deal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. where it's going to be super long. Right. Yeah. No, he's getting sixty eight million for ten years after. After that, so that's how wow. he's he's making his money. Yeah, uh, craziness as it is, I think truly this is a play to avoid taxes okay. slash get the Dodgers more money now so they can win. But at the same time, like it's an absorbent amount of money. But and if you're he a, will be worth every penny if he pitches uh, for the last nine right. years of his contract. He's not p- pitching this year. And if you're Otani, you you can you can play for two mil a year because you're making forty five mil on endorsements off the field. Yeah, I mean he's like, he is set. like he's fine. He's set. Yeah. So it's not even that big of a deal. Uh, let's hit the low key signings that actually happened around this. The Royals signed uh, pitcher Seth, Seth Lugo for yeah, three like years, forty five mil. I, I think like that's it. great for the Royals. Uh, a solid pitcher and and not a bad price tag for it. Uh, the Giants sign uh, the Korean outfielder. Young Ho Lee, yep. uh, a six-year, $113 million deal. Mm-hmm. And then this just came on the ticker as we were making our notes tonight, right. but the Dodgers make another deal, Parker. They acquired Tyler Glass now and outfielder Manuel Margot from the race for right-hand pitcher Ryan Pepio and outfielder Johnny DeLuccia. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trade is contingent on the Dodgers signing Glass now to an extension, which I would assume they would do. Yeah, and I think, honestly, that this might pull them out of Maybe the Yamamoto yeah, play. Yeah, it might. Um, which would be huge for a team like I mean, the Phillies. It, <laughs> it definitely appears that like the Dodgers, they need two, at least two starters. Okay, you get Glass now. Now I'm thinking either it's it's either Bieber or Burns. It's not going to be both. Uh, and they have the pieces to make that uh, acquisition if they need to. I would still say they're in on Yamamoto, even though this, this definitely – Makes you think maybe maybe they're not gonna get them, right? Um, but I mean the the Dodgers are definitely gonna get at least one more starter, and I know they were in on Hater too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not shocked that they were in on Hater. Right. There's a lot of teams that everybody was rumored to be on, like you know, in cahoots with Hater or in, in <laughs> the in the Hater sweepstakes or whatever. I think the Rangers are in. On yeah, that. there's also some teams that people are like. That talked about it, but they're not. Uh, the The Phillies being one of them. The Cubs was rumored out there for a little bit. They're yeah. not in on it. Um, there's a couple AL teams as well. Uh, the Orioles are not, uh, even though they were rumored as well as I want to say Toronto was rumored as well, but they're they're not in. There's yeah a lot of winter meetings. Like the the owners came out and were like, yeah, I don't know who they're talking to, <laughs> but uh, yeah. We have not and will not be in contact. I will say it was funny. Like, okay, so during the winter meetings, like, because at that time, like, the Braves were a team people talked about for Otani. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it, but okay. And Alex Anthopoulos was asked about Otani at the winter meetings. He goes, 
I don't know who's giving this to you. It's yeah. not like we're not in on Otani. Like it's not coming from me or my office. So I don't know where you're getting the source from, but it's not me. Yeah. And I just, I know selfishly, like the Braves are my team. Everybody knows that. Right. Alex Anthopoulos is so sneaky. Like he doesn't let things out. And I'm thinking, okay, we know we need a starter. Like we need to do something with the pitching, and it's been dead silent. Right. I'm waiting for him to like just make a big move that we don't see coming. Right. I don't know who it's going to be, but uh, I still think he's uh. I think he's looking, looking around. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm sure he is. He's you know, always trying to find some, uh, some diamond in the rough. I mean, look, I I like the Jared Kilnick trade uh, from with Seattle, but mm-hmm. like we need some starting pitching. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's coming. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You'll figure <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of the winter meetings, uh, the big trade that happened during the winter meetings, uh, Juan Soto going to the Yankees, kind of. Stirred the pot with yeah. some things, uh-huh. and uh, I've got a friend who texted me and said, "Hey, you need to throw the uh, the Yankees in the uh, in in the back seat and see what they can do with Stanton." And we did, and we did, and we think we found a pretty decent trade opportunity. We'll talk about it and break it down even more when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're headed to the backseat this week. Uh, CJ already mentioned it a little bit before uh, we got into this. Yankees, Reds. CJ, what does it look like? Well, so we we had to think of where could Stanton go and who's willing to pay a little bit of cash for Stanton. Yeah. Because he's going to make $32 million this year. That's a lot of money to move. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of teams that could use a slugger who's guaranteed to be DH. Like, he can't play the field anymore. I know I know. Aaron Boone was talking about I heard an interview. He was saying, like, Stan's actually getting in better shape and he's been working on, like, defense and whatever. But, like, he is a DH. He can't, he can't stay healthy. So yeah. why are you going to put more strain on his body by making him play the field? Yeah, I don't know. So he's a DH. It's very much like Kyle Schwarber is for the Phillies. Like, he is... Yeah. He will be a DH. Like nothing wrong with if he if he plays a couple day, you know, games in the field for the entire season because you absolutely need it to happen. Sure, but he's your DH. Yeah. So what team needs a DH with pop in a in a stadium that may be a little smaller? Yeah. And that's kind of where you're looking back, or is traditionally known as a launching pad. And you know what we thought of? Great American Ballpark. We thought about the Reds. We thought about their hitting. And they need a DH. Yeah. And so here's the deal. <laughs> Yankees. This is what you're doing. Brian Cashman. Get on the phone. Call up Cincinnati. Say, Cincinnati, I'm going to give you Stanton and cash. The cash that I'm going to give you is $26 million of the $32 million remaining on uh, Stanton's contract for this upcoming year. And then, in return, you're going to want three pitching prospects. And I scoured the Reds' top prospects yeah. to figure out who they wanted. And I was thinking, you know, who who do they need? Like, they need, they need some replacements for some pitching. They really don't have that much pitching going for them. Uh, you know, it's just Garrett Cole and the dudes, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, when does Garrett Cole's contract end? Well, it ends at the end of the 2020 
eight season. 2029, the 2029 season, uh, he would be a free agent. So I said, okay, well, you're going to need a couple guys in 2025, mainly because uh, Garrett Cole has an opt-out at the end of this upcoming season, the end of 2024. So if he decides, deuces, I'm leaving, you need a couple guys that could be major league ready in 2025. And then you need a guy who's who can project out a little bit further so that way the two guys that could be ready in 2025, they don't make it 2025, they're 2026, 2027. And then you need one other guy that's coming in 2027 so they get some, they can build up their arms to major league, you know, fatigue, quote unquote. Right. So that way when Garrett Cole leaves, you got a guy already eating up those innings. So I found three prospects. Uh, they're all right-handed pitchers. Unfortunate, you might want a lefty, but Garrett Cole's a righty, so whatever. Yeah. Here's the deal. We're going the number 30 overall prospect for the Reds organization. I'm talking purely in the Reds organization. <laughs> Zach Maxwell. He is a 6'6", 275-pound behemoth of a man. Yeah. Uh, scouting grades plus fastball at 65, somewhat plus curveball at 55. His control is a little funky, but again, you know, he's young. And uh, you know he's you know, eventually he'll make he'll make the right moves. He's 22, so you know maybe he'll find some control. Um, he went to Georgia Tech for three years, has some good sign, was sixth round pick of the 2022 draft. Um, he's pitching in high A right now with the Dayton Dragons. Uh, he will probably make the Double A roster uh, sometime in mid year. The problem is he just struggles to throw strikes. Yeah, control's a problem. He kind of profiles more as a reliever. But at the same time, if they can get his control issues down, oh, which, sure. you know, Yankees pitchers, they do throw strikes. Yeah. So something's in the water in the Yankees organization. They can, <laughs> can fix his control issues. The man's tall. The man's got the body. He's got the power um, with that plus that plus fastball. If he can find the zone more often, there you go. So even if not, I mean, his breaking ball can touch 90. So that just tells you this this guy's, he's right now, he's a two-pitch guy as a reliever. But I think if you could get him to find the zone, maybe get him a third pitch, he could he could start. But he's definitely a good reliever, and, and you can't go wrong getting prospects that are relievers. He should be ready in 2025. Uh, the number 15 prospect. And and that is Cole Schuenwater, Schuenwetter, hey. somewhere in there. I you, you, whatever. Yeah, kid's a high school player. <laughs> he's got a he's got a decent fastball, a very plus curveball, good changeup. He's got a good three pitch mix. Twenty twenty two, he was in high school. That's where he got drafted out of Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, and he's just he's solid. He's good. Yeah. Um. They gave him a good slot bonus. The Reds did Overslot. over slot bonus by 109 million. So, uh, because he they were going up against UC Santa Barbara, and so yeah. you know they had to give him good money uh, to get him out and show some promise. He's a fourth round draft pick. Kid looks good. He's six three one ninety. He's going to build into his frame. Get a little bit longer. Uh, long excuse me, stout like bigger. Yeah. Um. But I mean, right now he's throwing his fastball in the low 90s. So imagine when he actually builds into his six foot three frame, kid's probably throwing upper 90s. And I mean, he's got decent command, and that's that's what's good. He's got good command 
you know, as as a young kid just coming out of high school. I mean, he was born in 04, for crying out loud. Let's. I mean, he's 19 years old. He's a young kid. Yeah. So uh, this is a good prospect who could probably come up. This is the 2027 guy. This is the guy that, you know, towards the end of Garrett Cole, if he doesn't opt out, this is the guy that you're you're hoping takes Garrett Cole's place. You know, like I said, 6'3", very similar to Garrett Cole. <laughs> so, and I think he'll build into the frame and have that definitely, you know, good fastball, which is what you need, and a good changeup, and that very, very good curveball. He gets plenty of swing and miss out of his curveball. So that's that. And then they're the the top prospect we're giving them. It's not their top prospect. He's the number six prospect. But Chase Petty, right now he's pitching in double A for Chattanooga. He was drafted in 2021 in the first round. By Minnesota. Yeah, by Minnesota. He's been traded once already. But it's already been said that Petty was high on the Reds draft board. That's the reason why they wanted to go get him. Um, and he throws triple digits. Yeah, I mean he's he was he was the big chip coming back in the Sunny Gray trade. So yeah, just think about that. Um, but yeah, no, he he looks good. He's got the plus fastball, plus slider, good changeup, good control. This guy right here is your. Let me replace if Cole opts out in twenty twenty five. Right. So after this season, if Garrett Cole says I don't no longer want to be a Yankee. Now, when you trade Stanton, you have Chase Petty to replace him. Right. So you're getting Chase Petty, you're getting Cole Shoe and Water, and you're getting Zach Maxwell, who's probably a relief pitcher, but you never know if you can find some command. And in today's baseball, like being a relief pitcher is not a bad thing. No, it's not, especially since you got pitchers only throwing five innings. So like you can be valuable for a team if especially if you're a late inning guy, mm-hmm. like and I know it seems everybody throws upper nineties, you know, triple digits fastball, but uh, it's still a good pitch to have. <laughs> yeah. And, like, as far as Chase Petty, he threw a 1.72 ERA last year. Yeah. Like, this kid this kid could very well be Major League ready this year. Yeah. Uh, if you need him. And for the Yankees to give up $26 million, so you're saving $6 million, and you get the log jam of the outfield slash DH out of the way. And the reason why I say that is the Yankees right now – uh, they've got Verdugo. Uh, you've got Judge in center. You've got Juan Soto in right. Yeah. And you got Trent Gresham, probably the best defender of all of them, sitting on the bench. Right. Well, you could sit here and go, okay, well, now Judge and Soto can flip DH and yep. play in the field. Mm-hmm. You get Gresham in center, and you get Verdugo, probably the best left fielder in the game. Yeah. Defensively, at least. Right. Yeah, in left. Defensively, yeah. So your outfield's better. Especially, you, especially defensively, like Verdugo, Grissom, and then either Judge. I know, I know. Well, Judge more so, but Juan Soto, he's eh. But right field at Yankee Stadium is easier, easier to defend than left field. Yep. Um. So I mean, I the whole purpose of this backseat GM is they have too many outfielders for two little spots. Yep. And I think Grissom, I think he can be a sneaky valuable take by the Yankees. Like. Mm-hmm. I think his swing plays at Yankee Stadium. Like, when he first came up, high average, like, actually a good hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, defense has always been there. But then he kind of like, I, I want to be a power guy. And so big swing. And it definitely, I mean, he pulls the ball hard. That works at Yankee Stadium, short porch and left. Uh, or And right, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I think he could be a sneaky pickup for them. And then, obviously, we know how j- good judges and Soto 
as much as you know, we can complain about certain things like, oh, he's not a great defender, he doesn't run that well, he, he's an excellent hitter, and he's only 25 years old. Yeah. So, and like I said, it, it it's all about getting Gresham into the lineup. Yeah. Not for his bat, but for his glove. Get more athletic. Yeah. So that's that's the purpose of this trade right. is you free up the DH spot so Judge can have a day off. So Rizzo could possibly have yeah. a day off. Soto has, you know, you know, from the field, I mean, not not from the lineup, but from the field. So like that's that's the purpose. You free up six million dollars. That's let you know. Now you're not you're actually freeing up nine million with that because of luxury tax. So, yeah, it's just it just makes sense, and and you get some prospects back that can protect you, and you need some pitching anyway. So right, that's the backseat GMs, uh, Brian, uh, Cashman. You need to make it happen. Just just make the trade. <laughs> just I've, I've do set it. it up for you right now. Just yeah, do the trade. We set it up for you. Just do it. Just take the silver platter. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to finish up the backseat GMs. When we return, I got some stardom incentive for fantasy right before the week 15 picks. See if I can catch Parker when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're going to do a quick stardom or sit them as fantasy football playoffs have started. CJ, hit us up. Yeah, let's go ahead and just start with the quarterbacks. I got two starts and two sits. For each position group, again, we don't care about kickers, so uh, I never uh, do so that. You, so you don't have kickers? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, if you can get the kid from, from Dallas, uh, the Aubrey yeah. kid, yeah, who, he, who was a Notre Dame soccer player yeah. before he got, you know, went to the USFL, and then um, Dallas looks like a genius for signing. Like, if you if you can find him, go ahead and start him. Like, that's pretty easy. You're starting Jake Elliott. There it you go, go. It goes over the bar, not under. Yeah, it goes over, not under. <laughs> All right, thank you, replacements, and yes. Nigel Gruff. All right, let's uh, go to quarterbacks. Uh, you're starting Justin Fields versus the Browns. I feel like they're going to be playing a little bit from behind, playing catch-up. Justin Fields is going to find DJ Moore. Yeah. But if you're in the playoffs and you got DJ Moore, you're obviously starting him. Uh, Justin Fields is your start versus the Browns. That's how you have to beat this defense, through the air and doing it quick. Uh, I feel like Fields is finding a stride in doing that. Matt Stafford versus the Commanders, your other start. Uh, he's looked great over the last couple of weeks. He's getting Cooper Cup looking like himself. And it's the Commanders. And, <laughs> and Puka Nakua, and it's the Commanders. They they give up everything through the air. You're sitting Jared Goff for the Broncos. The Broncos' defense is starting to find their stride, especially in that secondary, and their pass defense has been great. Jared Goff hasn't had the greatest of weeks the last three as he's given up multiple turnovers over the last three weeks in each game. Uh, I feel like it could be another one of those same deals. Sit Jared Goff this weekend. You're also sitting Trevor Lawrence. I think he's still nursing the sprained ankle, and he's going up against the Ravens defense that's very stingy through the air. Uh, you know, just uh, this this Ravens defense is, is pretty special against that. So uh, sit Trevor Lawrence. I think this is an ETN heavy game if the Jaguars get going. Uh, as far as running backs are concerned, uh, we're starting Joe Mixon versus the Vikings. They have no rush defense, and Joe Mixon is finally being a big part of this offense. Go ahead and start Joe Mixon versus the Vikings. Another guy who's finally getting run, we talked about it during the scores, but it's James Cook, and he's going against the Cowboys in yeah. what could be a very, very sloppy game. I feel like this is a lot of run, mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of running, not a lot of passing in this game. James Cook getting it done versus the Cowboys. Weakened uh, rush defense as Hankins looks like he's going to be out that run stuffer that the Cowboys have on the defensive line. So uh, definitely starting James Cook of the Bills against the Cowboys this week. I'm sitting James Conner versus the 49ers. Uh, they're going to get blown out. James Conner <laughs> only getting run probably early. And, uh, I mean, we're you're 
you're probably starting him if you don't have a better option. But, I mean, if you have a better option, I'd probably go with somebody other than James Cook versus the Niners. And then uh, Charbonnet versus the Eagles, Zach Charbonnet, whatever the heck French uh, you know, name that we're yeah. throwing out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, versus the Eagles, I, I feel like the Seahawks are going to try to be playing from behind, and, and the Eagles are going to be pinning their ears back against Drew Locke or Geno Smith, if Geno Smith actually decides he wants to play. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, you're starting Cooper Cup. I've already talked about Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup's starting to get back into the swing of things. Uh, you're going to start Cooper Cup versus the Commanders. You're also starting Cortland Sutton versus the Lions. He has been uh, the favorite touchdown target of Russell Wilson as of late. Uh, long, stretchy. This is finally the Cortland Sutton that we thought we were getting three years ago. Hmm. He's finally starting to show it now. You're starting Cortland Sutton. You're sitting George Pickens versus the Colts. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Pickens are not on the same page. And Pickens doesn't seem like he wants to run routes for Mitch Trubisky anyway. He might actually get benched in this game. Wouldn't be shocked if he does. So you're going to sit him. And you're also sitting Adam Thielen versus the Falcons. Listen, I know uh, Bryce Young has been favoriting Alan Thielen, uh, Adam Thielen, excuse me, but just I, I just not feeling it. Sit Adam Thielen uh, this week versus the Falcons. Tight ends. I know McBride has a bad matchup versus the 49ers, but you're still going to play him. Why? Because he's the only pass-catching uh, target that is For consistent real. in this offense. So McBride still gets the start, even though he has a bad matchup versus the 49ers. And then David Njoku versus the Bears. I feel like the Bears is definitely gettable across the middle of the field, and that's where David Njoku does most of his work. Start him versus the Bears this week. You're going to uh, sit Penn State Pat versus the Colts. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky just not getting him the football. <laughs> yeah. I know it looked good in that one game, but it's just it's just not working out well. And then I know Hunter Henry just had two touchdowns coming off a two-touchdown performance. But as I stated in the first segment, it came on three targets. He's not getting the volume, and it's versus the Chiefs defense. This is very stingy versus tight ends. Uh, sit Hunter Henry versus the Chiefs. And finally, we're going to the defense. I just talked about him. The Chiefs versus the Patriots is a start for me this week as this Pats offense I know had some decent run versus the Steelers, but, uh, you know, no, I'm not seeing it versus the Chiefs. That's a better defense, and Bailey Zappi is due for another bad game considering he has three bad games to every half-decent one. And then the Saints versus the Giants. I think uh, Tommy DeVito doesn't get it done this week, and the Saints finally figure out what it what it is to play defense against a terrible quarterback, and they get it done this week versus him. Your sits, the Jets uh, versus the Dolphins, and the Cowboys versus the Bills, just two high-powered offenses that I think are going to get the job done as far as fantasy. So uh, you're going to sit the Jets and sit the Cowboys this week. You're also sitting the Bills as well versus the Cowboys too. So let's don't touch yeah. any of those defenses. Let's be honest. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think that wraps up the stardom and sit them. Uh, right after this short break, we're hitting right into the Week 15 picks. Welcome back. Getting right into the week 15 picks. We got all full 16 game slate. Uh, it starts with one tonight as we speak. I've already lost this pick, but we might as well say it anyway. Uh, the Raiders uh, versus the Chargers. I took the Chargers this week as Parker took the Raiders. Yeah. As we're sitting here, it is 42 nothing Raiders at the end of the first half. Feel like I lost this one. You don't even think, with <laughs> the Chargers getting three, three and a half. You don't points. think the Chargers can come back? Nope, not <laughs> nope. 
nope. Yeah. It's three and a half, but it <laughs> doesn't be, matter. Needs to be thirty-five, not three and a half. Can yeah. I move that decimal point one? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Not happening. Uh, three Saturday games. Vikings going to the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by three. Who we got? I'm taking the Bengals. I am as well. The Steelers are going to Indy to face your Colts as the Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I have the Colts. Parker? I'm taking my Colts. All right. And the third game on Saturday night, all three of these are exclusive on the NFL Network. Also, the spreads provided to you by the unofficial sponsor of the Sports <laughs> GPS, FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos going to Detroit to face the Lions. The Lions are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Parker, who you got? This was tough for me, but I'm taking the Lions because they're at home. I'm going to take the Broncos because they're getting points. And for some odd reason, them getting points just makes me excited. All right, let's go to the Sunday games. We have, what, seven in the early slot, three in the late slot. Let's go to the early slot first. The Buccaneers go to Lambeau to face the Packers. The Packers are favored by three and a half. I think we both have the Packers this one. Am I right? Yeah, I think they bounce back. Absolutely. Uh, Giants go to the Saints. Uh, this is my eliminator pick. The Saints here. Um, I'm going to take them to cover the spread as well. I'm going to take Tommy DeVito and the Giants. As he does his little hand thing like he's a true <laughs> Italian. No, you're not, Parker. Stop I lying know, to the people. I, I know. <laughs> uh, Falcons go to Carolina to face the Panthers. They're a three-point favorite. I'm going to take those Falcons even though they're giving up points. The Falcons are my eliminator pick, so that's who I'm taking. All right. The Texans go to Tennessee to face those Titans, uh, the former Houston team. Ha-ha-ha. Uh, ha Tennessee favored by three at home. Who you got? I'm going to take the Texans. I'm going to take the Titans. No C.J. Stroud makes me a little nervous there. Yeah, but I've been I've been riding the Texans a little bit, so I'm going to I'm going to take them again. That's bad for the people. Parker, let's go to the next one. <laughs> uh, the Jets go down to Miami. Miami's giving up nine and a half. I don't think it's nearly enough. I think this is a twenty point yeah. game, yeah, especially the, revenge with the Dolphins. Yeah, give me the Dolphins uh, for sure. Bears go to Cleveland. The mistake by the lake uh, to face <laughs> those Browns. They are favored by three. I'm going to take the Browns here. Yeah, the Browns should win this. Fair enough. Chiefs to the Patriots in good old New England. Chiefs are favored by eight and a half. Who are you taking? Is this enough? I don't know, but give me the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. I definitely think this is a double-digit game. Let's go to the afternoon games. There's three of them. One exclusive uh, will be televised nationally. The Dolph, or sorry, the Cowboys going to Buffalo to face those Bills. The Bills are favored by one and a half at home. Who you like? Give me the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills as well. Looks like it's going to be a rainy one, a little sloppy. Cowboys might not be as pretty. Uh, and <laughs> Bills know how to win ugly, I think. Yeah. Uh, 49ers going to Arizona to face the Cardinals. This is a divisional matchup, but not enough uh, for the Cardinals to take anything. The 49ers are favored by 12 and a half. They're going to win by 14. Yeah, you asked me if uh, Cardinals could upset here. I go, no way. Give me the Niners. Well, see, upset or cover the spread, two totally different things. Yeah, that's true. Definitely not. The 49ers aren't winning or not losing this game, but they might <laughs> lose versus the spread. But I yeah. still think it's a 14-plus point game. Yeah. Uh, commanders go to uh, L.A. to face those Rams. The Rams are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? Rams are looking good. Give me the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams as well. I definitely think this is more than a touchdown. We got the two night games. We got Sunday night. Ravens go to Jacksonville to face those Jaguars. Baltimore is favored by three and a half. Who you like? Give me them Ravens. Yeah, I like the Ravens as well. I don't love the fact that Trevor Lawrence is still nursing that yeah. uh, ankle injury. Mm -hmm. And then the Monday night game, the Bird Classic, the Derwin <laughs> Henley versus the C.J. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eagles go to Seattle to face the Seahawks. The Eagles are favored by three. Who you like? I'm sorry, Derwin. You're my boy, but give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles in a bounce-back game. They need it in the worst way, and if they win out, they take the division no matter what. 
the Cowboys do, and they also need the Niners just lose one game. Come on, Baltimore next week. Uh, for them to get the number one seed. So they definitely need to take care of their own business. And a win in Seattle starts it off. Um, man, we got a couple of differences, but not a lot. I'm hoping I take them all, even though I already lost the yeah, first one. Uh-huh. God, 42 nothing. That's crazy to think about. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, season 4, episode 28. Crazy to think that we're this deep into this season and only getting further. Uh, what do you want to say to the people out there, Parker? Don't forget to follow us. Hit us up at the Sports GPS on X or Instagram. Uh, we don't really look at TikTok. So, uh, I what, put up a TikTok last week, I and know. I got yelled at because I did it in my car. I'm sorry. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. It wasn't you. It was some guy on TikTok. <laughs> some guy on TikTok. Yeah, some guy on TikTok's like, another guy taking a TikTok while he's driving. I was like, I was in traffic, <laughs> and my car tells me when to go and not go. Right. But, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you uh, going to do? Yeah, people, they, they like to things. Yeah. Things. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, hit us up on the socials. We'd look forward to talking to you, interacting. Let us know who sh- we should put in the back seat of the GMs. And be sure to check our Instagram out and check out CJ's uh, his his wardrobe from today. Yeah, we I was in a tacky sweater open today, um, and and won my flight. Me and my silent partner, what, we won our flight. What were your pants? Uh, I have the the heinous green. The heinous plaid green, but it's appropriately heinous. Appropriately heinous. Appropriately yeah. heinous. I don't know if that's a true thing, but it's appropriately heinous. For I me. like it. <laughs> yeah, and of course you have to have the my day Grinch sweater. Absolutely. Yeah, shot seventy seven a day and uh, took took the flight down with my silent partner. So we did did what we needed to do. Got, Way to go. Got the dub and I got my my belt. So yeah, yeah, I have a championship belt. Cause you're the champ. I, the champ is here! <laughs> so, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up, as we said, for all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you. <laughs>